Welcome, my name is Oliver. I am a robot, but enough about me. This isn't about me. This is about Saul and Richard and video games and the universe. So come with us, or more specifically, with them. Enter the save state. Save state. Save state. Save state. Save state. to the Save State Gaming Podcast. My name is Richard Holby, as joined always by... Saul Muscat. Hello. Hiya. What? Hi. What did you think of that? That was a good intro. It was sort of, it was really mainstream Hollywood, wasn't it? It's quite showman I yeah. liked it. Well, let's see how it goes. Let's try a different one every week, maybe. Let's do that. How have yeah. you been, by the way? Yeah, pretty good, man. Thanks for asking. It's been a, been a while since we recorded, so... Uh, it's, it's, it's been too long. It has been too long. Awkwardly leans in and kisses him. Mm. Mm. Um, you're looking well. Um, I love the beard. You've not cut that in quite a while. I haven't. No, uh, I, got, I get a lot of nice compliments about this beard. beard. Mainly from men. Mainly from but, men. Um, but I'll take him. It's good. Fair I enough. Like it. is, yeah. is the Burr community kind of growing towards you? It is, yeah, that's you know right. Do you know what the Burr community is, don't you? The, I don't know, the kind of people that like, you know, it's, muscular... It's, it's the larger gay community. Ah. So o- overweight gay men who have massive facial hair. Interesting. Lumberjacks. Lumberjacks, yes, nice. perhaps. Uh, but anyway, thank you all for joining us. Um, it's been a while, we do apologise. But as you all know, that um, in life, certain things can, can come up and um, interfere. But hey, here we are again. Getting on with it as always, and it's episode 15, ladies and gentlemen. Where were you when you were 15 years old? Think about that for a second. Saul, where were you? I was uh, in school, like probably most of the listeners. Um, uh, Probably right about now, 15 years ago, probably sat down in front of the TV with my family watching Catchphrase. Oh no, that's probably a bit uh, bit before that. Catchphrase with Roy Walker. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you know what? I watched Bullseye last night and it is still as good as you remember. It's well worth a watch. Bullseye always confused the shit out of me. It always reminds me of that, um, what was the um, Peep Show guys? They did that that, um, comedy show. Um, which was like a sketch show M- Mitchell and Webb that was oh it. yeah yeah and they did like um, a bullseye kind of thing and it was like oh here he goes and he just picks up and he downs a pint of wine and he's like five points he's, <laughs> he's going for the double shot of whiskey five points so, that sounds um, good that kind of really relates to how I feel about um, darts as a professional sports because you get mm. these overweight drunken men going ahead and throwing shit at you. yeah I mean professional sport is a bit of a stretch really do you get it do you get but, the fat joke I, I do actually yeah, no, 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 that you're quite yeah, so it's a bit tenuous at first but yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah so bullseye good very good bullseye um, awesome anyway video games that's why you've all joined us here today. That's why you've clicked, liked, subscribed, downloaded us from iTunes. We appreciate all of that. Um, but yeah, it's been um, it's been a good couple of weeks for games. I've nearly, pretty much, yeah, I've reignited my love for video games. If you joined us last week on episode 14, I was saying how I kind of felt a bit numb towards the entire medium as a whole. And as long-term gamers know, this occasionally does happen. Mm. And you just got to wait. you got to wait for a while until you get that, that palate cleanser to come mm. along and re-cleanse mm. that palate and get you interested again. Yeah. And I think I found mine. Good. Yeah, you, you're sounding good. Uh, it sounds like you got your mojo back. So what, uh, what was this game? Well, um, the game as such is a game called Rhyme. 
number. Now, Rhyme, uh, for those of you who don't know, is a game that's been in existence for quite a while, a couple of years. Yeah. In fact, I've probably mentioned it on a where are they now um, mm. sort of basis on this podcast. Mm. Um, basically, it turned up a couple of years ago, maybe E2, E3 2013, um, as a Sony, as a, a PlayStation only. Um, Exclusive, in, yeah. exclusive, yeah. indie property, yeah. um, and then it went through a bit of a delicate development cycle, didn't it? So tell yeah. me a little bit about that. I, I can't. Do you remember who the original developer was? Was it Tequila Works? Or am, I, am, I, am I making that up? I can't remember. But basically, um, yeah, there was a story floating around that uh, Sony obviously had been funding this as an exclusive, um, but you know it was running into some development issues, and so Sony basically went, took all of the dev kits, took all of the PS4s and said that you're no longer on this project. Um, I remember the way you told me the story was they came to visit, they looked at it and went, what the <laughs> fuck is this? And took away all of their own development kits. But um, it sounds like you're enjoying it, so it can't be too old. Um, right? Well, yeah, I, I, I picked up the game. Um, it's £30 as um, usual, but however, there is a magnificent sale on at the moment mm. on PlayStation 4, the PlayStation 4 Summer Sale, which is divided into two parts. You get your AAA games, you get up to 60% off, and some real great bargains on there. And then some real sleepers, some amazing bargains on the seventy percent off digital only games. You can get the witness for six pounds. You can get Klaus, which is a game that nobody really seems to know of, for about six pounds. Um, and so on and so forth. I picked up Star Stardew Valley for six pounds. But however, I picked up Ryan. £18 I paid for this game I thought why not I was going to pick it up for £30 when it came out because I was that interested Yeah. but then the adult in me told me you need to save up to sort your life out but £18 so we picked it up um, and yeah I'm playing this game and I played it and it's one of those games that I finished in one sitting Right. Um, now it's not necessarily a short game it took me 8 to 10 hours to do this mm-hmm. um, and quite frankly I'm glad that I did complete this in one sitting for one reason and one reason only going through this entire game I was thinking about what I was going to say to you and to the podcast community about this and halfway through I was thinking about what this game is about because it's sort of a very arty indie game where mm-hmm. um, a lot of the story is left to for you to pick up mm-hmm. um, and halfway through I thought I picked up the story straight away but in my own sort of shm- um, you know sparky kind of um, I know what this is about it's about mental illness it's about this it's about that it's about the other um, like last week when I said Baron was about um, a pregnant woman doing this that and the other yeah. <laughs> and I bet you that's right because this has proved my point I thought Baron was about a certain type of thing and I was about to make a smarky comment about it and then I finished the game in one sitting and I was right <laughs> um, so yeah but anyway Baron back to Baron as a game um, it's right, right. it's Baron Rhyme, yes, sorry. Rhyme. Right. Back to Rhyme as a game. It's um, you play as a small child who is shipwrecked ashore um, on this 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 island, and you don't really know what's going on. And it's left to you to explore the environment. There's no combat. It's all puzzle orientated. Okay. Um, and then you make friends with a fox, and then you go do these environmental puzzles, and you pick up on clues on the environment, how to proceed. And this goes on for about an hour, and the tone shifts, it gets darker, um, deals with more darker themes, and all the puzzles, I've got to say, I've played them before. I've done all right. of this before. Yeah. All of the mechanics of the game are, they've kind of been done before. If you play artsy fartsy indie games, which I do all the time, then you've played a lot of this before. But when I finished it, and looked back at it as a whole, I had a complete experience with it, and it did palette cleanse. Mm. So if you are not like me, and you spend X amount of time playing Journey, this, that, and the other, then this will be a fresh experience for you and something wonderful. So, uh, I mean, sounds like it comes highly recommended. Um, my review score for it is three and a half stars. 
Okay, five. Um, okay, um, which is a great score. Yeah, that's sorry, yeah. that's what a seven out of ten is for other people. Um, I enjoyed it. For eighteen pounds, definitely get it. Thirty pounds, I'm not too sure. And mm. As I say, it really depends on your mileage and your experience with um, games that deal with um, different things than AAA mm. games. However, these different things, these different motifs, have almost become in the norm as a AAA game. This is one of those titles that is, is treading water on what Brothers did and what Journey did. Yeah, so done. yeah. So I mean, um, so you don't think you'll go back to it? You, you enjoyed the time with it? Uh, one and done. Loved it. Okay. Well, 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 uh, at the time, I had all these all these opinions that I've just said to you, but looking back at it, yeah, I, did, I love what it did. It was great. It was great fun. And cool. plus, I can't stress enough how that feels to actually finish a game yeah. in one in one go or in a week or just to actually finish a game. There is this complete psychological message to yourself that you've finished something and that you've ticked, it, ticked this box and you've let it go. It isn't a game that I've got on my hard drive um, half finished and I'm kind of got anxious about it and I'm mm. going to go back to it and all of them not. So it doesn't feel like a waste of money and it feels like I've enjoyed this entire thing as a complete of its whole. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, there's something to be said about that. I mean, on one hand, like, it's, you know, stupid to buy games that then just sit on your hard drive and get added to the backlog and then you never go back to them. Yeah, do you remember when we were going to do um, uh, Borderlands 2? Oh, Borderlands the, the pre-sequel. Yeah, Borderlands the pre-sequel. Have you got it? Yeah, I got it as well the other day. Let's play it. We played it once. We had a good time. We never went back. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> but, you know, it's, um, again, like, we were kind of talking about this last week when you were talking about um, video game depression, right? And not really wanting to play much or not knowing what, to, what you wanted to play. Um, yeah, every now and again, a game comes along that kind of reignites that kind of feeling of why why you like games in yes. the first place. Um, so I'm happy featured. I'm happy to have my video game brother back in the game. Well, we'll see how it goes. I've tried to move it on with The Witness, which is the other game I've been playing this week. Right. Um, a game that you've had quite a bit of experience with. Yep. Um, is it Jonathan Blower? Jonathan Blow, yep. Yeah, the guy who uh, made Braid back mm. in 2008, I believe, a game that pretty much revolutionised the way that indie games um, came out on home consoles. It was the yeah. forefather yeah. of... Lots of these like games that Xbox you see arcade and like Xbox just arcade, um, Summer of Love, digital all distribution, basically. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, then basically since 2008, he didn't make another game. And then apart from this, The Witness, a mm. first-person puzzle game, um, where you're dropped on an island with no story, no um, hoopla, and you're left to figure out the the story as you go. Yeah, similar beats as I've said before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, it's very puzzle orientated. It's very sort of um, you solve a simple puzzle without any tutorial at all, mm-hmm. and by you looking through that simple puzzle, then you go on to the next hard one. And if you can't do it, you look back and you think how you did the simple one mm-hmm. in this place. Um, so it's a very interesting idea. It's very um, it's like a child learning how to do something. It's organic. 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 It's, it's, it's like it's basically like learning a language. Is yes, how I exactly, felt playing exactly that game. Same thing, yeah. It's like because you are learning a language. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a brilliant piece of game design. You know, if anybody's ever played any other games like Braid by Jonathan Blow, then you kind of know what this guy's capable of, right? And especially, he was working on this game for what, seven, eight years? A long, long time. Like, long in long fact, month. didn't he say that if, he, if this didn't sell well, if it didn't make it, he'd be broken? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the way I'd compare to like playing The Witness is, like I said, learning a language, starting off with yeah. very basic building blocks, and then. As you progress through the game, you start to get more fluent, and then by the end of the game, literally, you are able to, to solve puzzles that if you'd have got there at the start of the game, you wouldn't have a fucking clue. But the other great thing about this game is that I never feel like the game presents you with a puzzle that's impossible. The reason that you can't do the puzzle is because you don't haven't learned how to do it yet, and so by exploring other parts of the island, you'll figure it out, piece bits together. So, brilliant, brilliant piece of game design, absolutely fantastic, and um, it's what, £6 at the moment? 
um, yeah, six ninety nine or um, okay. until the eighteenth of this month. So please do go pick it up, even yeah. though this will go okay. after that. So you tough to hear. Um, but yeah, maybe I need you to come and teach me some other language because I've only played about an hour and I'm already stuck. So yeah, yeah. I, the best advice I would get say is get a notebook and a pen and write them down. And okay. being able to like kind of visualize them on a paint uh, with pen and paper rather than on the screen does make it a lot easier. You can make notes and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, wonderful game, wonderful game. He's lean, he's green, and he's back in action. Join Croc in a search for his long-lost parents in the all-new 3D adventure, Croc 2. Croc's fiendish enemy, Baron Dante, is back and enlists a new gang of monsters to get revenge. But Croc's got some hot moves and tons of new gobos to help him, so Dante better watch his back. Croc 2, coming soon to take a bite out of your PlayStation game console from Fox Interactive. So then, so besides growing an incredibly um, sexy beard. Mm, and, um, thank you. What have you been playing? Um, a few things. A few things. Um, let's, let me put this into context. Um, well, a while ago we were talking, we had the discussion on the podcast about what games would you show a non-gamer? You know, about to show them kind of where games are to at the moment or maybe you want to get them into classic games to start off with and kind of build them up so I, I had this experience recently where I had a friend round at the flat and she has not played a game since like Sonic on the Mega Drive it was the last console that she played um, the only other game that she really likes is Croc so well, let's not talk about Croc 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 and PlayStation 3 no PlayStation, PlayStation 1, 1 yeah, yeah. Croc the PlayStation yeah, yeah. 1 game about a crocodile in a 3D environment yeah. that was a Super Mario, Super Mario 64 clone of the day yeah like a, a poor man's Spyro basically yeah Croc um, so I gave her a, a bit of a video game education um, maybe not the best choices to start off with so the first night we ended up playing Hatful boyfriend, which pigeon simulator, pigeon dating simulator. Exactly. Um, we played goat simulator, which was her choice. Okay, I'm, I'm noticing a theme. Yep, and I am bread, which was my choice. So maybe not showing her, you know, the most the, the pinnacle of video game development. You were trying now. to be different, weren't you, Solomon? I was, was trying, trying to be cool. Trying to be, trying to be cool. You were trying to prove that you were a gamer who <laughs> wasn't the FIFA Call of Duty <laughs> this, that, and the other. Like all the other guys gamers, what you were doing. Am I wrong? You're, you're partly right. Yeah, I, 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 I basically same. came across as a bread-loving, pigeon-loving um, weirdo. But uh, she, she came back for a second night, so that's good. Because she loves your beard. That's right. Um, she's not a man. And so the second night, I thought, okay, let's let's really delve into games. Let's really show what games are now. So we started off with The Last of Us. And from the beginning, she just kind of played for about the first kind of 45 minutes. So you've got that whole big introduction, setting up the characters of Joel and where he loses his daughter. Spoiler, sorry. But um, obviously that is just an absolutely beautiful piece of cinematography, not just game design. Like, So at points she was like, are you actually playing this? And I was like, yeah, at a point, I'm looking around the car while she's driving around, um, and she was she was blown away, blown away. So I thought, okay, that's that's a winner. She likes that. Yeah. So from there, I think the next safest bet we went to Uncharted Four. Again, very beautiful to look at, really fun, good characters, um, and she enjoyed that too. So I jumped into Uncharted Four. I think it's chapter twelve, the big uh, truck chase. You know, when that's, that's where I've done as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, she she really enjoyed that. Um, I mean, she appreciates games for what they are, and I think that she now 
understands why I like games as opposed to other medium like film and books and that kind of stuff. That's where yeah. I go for my entertainment. Um, I mean, she's not going to go out and buy a PlayStation 4, but she, I, I think, enjoyed what she saw and uh, opened her eyes, shall we say. That's good, man. I think there's a lesson to be learned, though, when you are trying to um, approach those who don't play computer games mm. and that you want to be part of your lives, but you want them to show in your love of your hobby. Mm. Maybe keep it simple. Keep it to the mainstream. Keep it something that they can relate to. Because mm. there's a lot of games out there, like The Last of Us, like Uncharted, that are mainstream accessible, yet so incredibly beautiful in their own parts mm-hmm. that they can draw others in. So just leave the Iron Bread and the Goat Simulator until uh, six months into the relationship. Yeah. But uh, the reason I chose those games also is because they are pretty simple to understand. Like, you're a goat. I'm what a goat's do, they're, they're going to... as well. Yeah, so... Although for different reasons, I've just gone there because, like... As I stated earlier, it's like, I don't like Call of Duty, I like games where I'm a piece of bread. Am I not interesting? <laughs> Aren't I interesting? I want the best for my family. So for vacuum-packed bricks of military surplus nutritional substitutes, I go to One-Eyed Bob's, where clerks double bag on request. Follow the fog till you run out of gas, then turn left. Bob's. What was the BBC News theme? Because that was I knew badass. Was, I knew it was countdown then. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the news, hosted by Rachel Riley. Rachel! Oh, she's in the bathroom. Oh, never mind. Um, I guess we're going to take over the news for this week. So, Saul, would you like to talk <laughs> us into what the fuck's going on? In the video game world, yeah. So, we talked about this a little while back. First piece of news, Xbox Game Pass is now live, up and running. Should any experience with this? Oh, right, yeah. Um, no. No. I tried my best house from experience with it. Um, I bought it and then didn't download it. Okay. Um, oh, you paid for it? No, I, I paid for the free trial. Oh, right, to, okay. We okay. may have actually talked about this before, but the point is, we paid for it. Um, and the, and I didn't pay. Sorry, I didn't pay for it. I got the free trial. So then I started to download Mad Max and realised that um, actually I want to play Mad Max on my PlayStation and get the trophies. <laughs> um, so then I just left it and then I looked at. I tried to cancel it, but it looked like it was on an old card. So I was like, ah, so it's not going to actually um, you know renew itself. Excellent. I don't need to bother with the whole bullshit of ringing up my bank company and going, you see these guys, cut them off, cut them off for good. Um, so I didn't have to go through that. Um, and then uh, someone didn't sit right with me and then like yesterday or today I went onto my memberships mm-hmm. I started to explore the Xbox One's UI which I haven't done because I'm not particularly big fan of the console so I was exploring around because I was bored and I went up memberships okay memberships I've got gold and I've still got Xbox now and then I clicked on it um, and apparently for the last four months or three months I've paid 7 99 for something I've once used no. however the reason why I'm bringing this, all, <laughs> this up to you all there is a reason for me bringing this up is because to cancel this all I had to do was go on memberships cancel and then I click cancel and cancel the goddamn thing for me huh. now that may sound nothing to you guys but from somebody who's trying to cancel Netflix and no TV uh, this that and the other and doesn't own a laptop mm. these things are not possible to do from a smartphone they're not they're simply not and that is an oversight really completely so, so from a consumer friendly fan, um, you know consumer friendly standpoint so you, what would that mean then having to call somebody up well, to what do you mean it? I'd have to have an incredibly awkward conversation with to... this gentleman from the Royal Bank of Scotland and I'm like, yo, you know Netflix? Yeah. Fuck them off, man. Fuck them off forever. 
Um, so, but you got to just cancel this, that, and the other through talking. And then uh, I always feel bad because it basically means they can't take money from you ever again. And then That's this, then, and then they sort of say, "You've got to ring us back to uncancel it." And it's like, oh god damn it, Game of Thrones is on like now, and I've already gone through the weird thing of breaking up with no TV. Uh-huh. So it's very difficult. Uh-huh. But so basically, the point of this, this story is. Xbox, once again, your own relationship with customers is fantastic. You take small steps to make people feel welcome. And the facts, I didn't even believe it would be possible. But simple as pie, I could cancel my subscription through my Xbox controller and my television. Yeah. That's so, well done. That's great. Like, just, you know, convenience is what it's all convenience. about. Convenience. Convenience. It's just a shame that you only learn convenience when you're in a far second place. It's not just the same for Xbox, don't get me wrong, it's the same for every single global media conglomerate <laughs> in the history of the world. We will not do things for you unless we really need to. Yeah. Next piece of news this week, um, I think this is really interesting. Um, there's talk for the 2024 Olympics, which are going to be held in Paris, Gay Paris, I believe. Is that right? What's gay about Paris? Gay Paris. Lots of things are probably quite gay about Paris, actually. Um, have you ever been? No, I've never been. I've always no, wanted well, to go. The no, they eat snails, don't they? Snails. Uh, they're the same thing. Snails are just like um, slugs that have done well around the property market. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Excellent joke. <laughs> off, the cu- off the cuff, that, that was. Good. Very good. I like that. Uh, okay, yeah, so. Um, so there's talk about esports becoming now an Olympic event. Um, yeah, um, um, we, we originally talked about this. Well, not not necessarily, mm-hmm. but a couple of episodes episodes ago, you may remember us talking about the um, was it the Asian Games? Correct. Yeah. Um, how they were thinking about um, incorporating esports mm-hmm. into it. Um, mm-hmm. So Dota, this, that, and the other, and and how I mentioned that maybe eventually this could perhaps mm-hmm. lead to. An Olympic sport in video gaming, and then I book ended it by saying, "Wouldn't it be wonderful if somebody won an Olympic gold medal because of those bastard blue shells in Mario Kart?" <laughs> Welcome to Reality Salts, but four yeah. months later, and here we are. There we are. That was a, that was a hell of a prediction. Um, so I mean, like, yeah. So these games are what seven years off. Um, it, it's it's very kind of early days and discussions for this, but. What would it be? I mean, esports is a, is a huge, a huge thing. Is that Counter Strike? Is that Dota? Is that what is it, that? It really, honestly, will depend on what is Fighter Two. It could be. We don't know. It really depends on what is popular at the time. Yeah. Um, there's obviously a conversation had on how do you regulate this kind of thing, etc. Um, but uh, I mean. If you look at the esports today in the Korean games, they are games that have been tried and tested for an incredibly long period of time. We're talking decades almost, we're mm. still talking, I can't see why. Counter Strike wouldn't be an Olympic game, etc. Um, mm. uh, to predict what they are, I don't know. But I would like to say, I would love it if Mario Kart was. Yeah. That'd be great, but I can't honestly see Nintendo getting involved. To me, I think that uh, Counter Strike, we were talking about darts before, Counter Strike to me is more of a sport than uh, darts. It takes a, I, in my opinion, takes a lot more uh, precision, skill, ability. Um, like you see these guys, like the top level players playing Counter-Strike and they are split second, like pulling off these crazy like scope shots and um, whereas darts, I mean, well actually, maybe there's some similarities. Yeah. Probably both quite fat. Um, probably quite good at aiming with things, sharp objects, bullets, maybe darts. I don't know, but again, early days, but I think it's quite good. Uh, quite interesting news for gaming that on one hand it's starting to get that recognition in the mainstream um, how, how do you feel about that actually do you feel that like personally I think it's an absolutely excellent move however I, I gotta say 
let's think about this um, outside the box as gamers. This is going to cause so much controversy in the mainstream. Can you not see yeah. the argument oh, yeah, totally. non-gamers are going to have? It's going to be massive. It's going to be a really big deal um, coming up to the uh, Paris Games in 2024. And when it is, remember you heard it here first, because this is going to be a hot topic issue. Hot button issue, is that what they say? Hot topic. Um, yeah. Hot potato. Hot potato, whatever, man. But it, yeah, <laughs> so people are going to like this, this, that, and the other, and blah, blah, blah. And I can, to be honest with you, I can completely see what they're saying. Mm. However... But as I, we as we evolve as people, as we evolve our sensibilities and our skill sets as people, should the games not, you know, mirror? Yeah, of course. Yeah, like culture and what is popular obviously uh, is a reflection of society and what's popular in society. So there's the argument. But there are also virtual gaming is a sport. It's competitive. Mm-hmm. Well, Okay, well, we'll forget the word sport though for everybody who argues against me but it's a competitive arena yeah. and there's a skill set there to be learned and to be gotten better at and the people who are the best spend hundreds and hundreds of hours mm-hmm. to get better at this and at the end of the day is that not what a sport is? Exactly, yeah. That's the argument, right? Is that surely by video games being included in the Olympics as an Olympic event then that is surely um, proof that it is a sport or, okay, not a sport but uh, worthy of being on the same Maybe podium as Usain Bolt or whatever. Or maybe in 100 years' time, this debate on what a sport is will be irrelevant. Maybe we'll both be sports. Because what is the word sport? Tell me that. Uh, Well, (laughs) okay, so there's an element of competition. Okay, got check. Okay, there are rules. Check. There are more than one player. Well, check. Yeah, I think that, yeah, there has to be. Yeah, sure, because competition. Yeah, of course, yeah. That's basically it. And so games I can't tell the difference really. I think the only thing that we're going to get hung up on here is people are going to talk about the physical attributes towards that. Um, and I get that, I really, really do for now. But if we think about this, I hate to say outside the box because that kind of devalues my argument. But if we take a step back and we look at this, does it really, really matter if somebody is, you know, sharpening his mind and his skill set and this, that, and the other? You wouldn't call Stephen King um, a jabroni for being able to write all of his novels. You wouldn't call him, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. A writer is a beautiful mind because yeah. he's sharpened and trained his mind as an athlete does his body. Exactly. Next piece of news, a bit of bad news, a bit of sad news coming out of uh, Canada, Montreal, uh, to be precise. BioWare Montreal. The developers behind Mass Effect Andromeda have shut down. Not a really big surprise, Mass Andromeda was not very well received by most accounts. I, I wouldn't necessarily say the studio shutting down was an expected thing because of it though. Mm, yeah, okay, fair enough, yeah. I think um, for people who don't know, uh, Mass, uh, sorry, Mass Effect... Andromeda? Montreal, that is the word I'm looking so, for. Sorry, BioWare Montreal. BioWare yeah. Montreal. They're basically the people, um, they have history on them. BioWare Montreal originally started as um, the B team to the Mass Effect franchise. Mm. Basically, they were in, in charge of doing all the DLC to Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. Which was awesome, Which by the way. were great, which were absolutely fantastic. And because they were so well received, and I mean, they were very, very good, um, the B team, they thought, you know what? Have your own studio. Here mm. it is, 2009. Mass Effect, you've got that on yourself. 2009, you've got Bioware Montreal. This is your studio, guys. Yep. You are no longer the B team. In fact, have Mass Effect 4. We're not going to call it Mass Effect 4. We're going to call it Mass Effect Andromeda. But make no, make no bones about it, boys. This is the next generation version of Mass Effect. And you've done such a cracking job on those DLCs. Go get them. I trust you all. Go out there and smash it. And they're like, yeah, yeah. So then four years later, goes by. And here we are! (laughs) 
Yeah, it was uh, it was absolutely their chance and opportunity and yeah. to shine. And it was. They they fucked it up. No, I, I, you see, I don't think so. Like it wasn't a bad game, right? It I've never just... played it. Have you? No. no. <laughs> okay, fair point. But like speaking in generalities, like yeah. I don't think it was a bad game. It just was nowhere near up to the standard of the other Mass Effect games. I can't tell you about what the game was like. I'm, I'm going to pick it up when it's. Um, when it's on sale, obviously, um, and there's a very big part of I me mean, that feels like, um, with low expectations, I may end up really liking the game, as has happened to several other games in the past, which may be brought up later. Mm. Um, but yeah, obviously, at the end of the day, man, they, they fucked up in the eyes mm. of the fans, this, that, yeah, and the other. Totally. The sales were terrible, but I'm not fucking up in the eyes of the fans. Mass Effect 3, as I've said, is my favourite Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. I'm just putting that as well. I don't think that's that oh. much of an unpopular opinion, to be honest. Well, yeah, but they must have done something bad in Mass Effect Andromeda, um, and the shockwaves um, have been incredible. They've shut down the entire studio. What t- is that? The end of Mass Effect? They, they've said that it's on pause, and they're it's, not. It's, on, it's on pause. I, I don't think they, it's on pause. They can't cancel this IP because it's an incredibly beloved IP, and beloved IPs to the status of Mass Effect. It takes more than one back step to kill them. It honestly, honestly does. And if it does, then that's EA's oversight, and there will. I have to believe it will come back. It may take five years. It may take longer. And if it doesn't, we may get one of those bullshit Kickstarters um, under a different name. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. what was the ukulele? Like, like, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I know. I think Anthem is um, going to take part of the Mass Effect kind of crowd. That that, that sci-fi setting um, looks really similar to Mass Effect. Different games, obviously. Um, different kind of. I mean, but what Anthem is like a third-person mobile, like online shooter. Um, yeah, yeah. So basically, they've been um, they've been absorbed into EA. What's the what's the company called? Uh, EA Motive. I think. EA Motive. Yeah. yeah so they're going to be working on um, yeah Anthem, which looks awesome. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that's a really good fit. Like I said, similar aesthetic. I think that maybe a lot of the uh, assets that they've been working on for Mass Effect are yeah. quite easily portable over to Anthem. I, I, I always thought that this looked like the next generation Mass Effect. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. But what, yeah. when you say more and things like that, and then I have to come to terms with the fact that that is what it's going to be because I would like it to be an RPG that has mechanics and players like this. But it's not going to be as it. It's going to be like Destiny or something. It's going to be going in with friends, exactly, doing this, that, yeah. they're getting yeah, loot, yeah, yeah, shooting, yeah. which is but, fine. But. but I do hope, like, you know, Bioware's heritage is hardcore RPGs. And I think that uh, by mixing that kind of gameplay with Destiny, I think they got a winner. Like, it was very, very, very well received at E3. These guys aren't going to have any clout in this, this discussion. You mean uh, Montreal? Yeah. Yeah, I think fair enough, but... Um, like I said, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they are now a supporting studio to EA Motive. Again, just helping create assets. They probably won't have any say in the the actual mechanics or the real kind of gritty game design. They're probably just making rocks and texturing ceilings and all that kind of stuff. Fair enough. Which is a shame, I guess. I don't know. I never played any of the Mass Effect DLCs, did you? Yeah, yeah, I played most of them actually. And they, were, they were very good. Very, very good. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, all quite good. different. Um, some of them very, very story heavy, some of them very collectible heavy, but all definitely worth playing. It'd be interesting to take a closer look into exactly what went wrong with that studio because from what I hear, it's oodles of potential, which has been thrown away now and they're all going back to the beginning of the ladder, which must be incredibly depressing. I can see yeah. a lot of very, very talented individuals quitting the industry because of this. Mm. So yeah, maybe mismanagement. Maybe it's EA's fault all along. Who, Who knows? knows? In other news, there has been a price rise 
for the PlayStation Plus subscription. So in the UK, going from $39.99 a year to $49.99 a year. Again, I think that's very, very reasonable for the service that we get. 50 quid, not a problem. Um, but there is a little bit of interesting speculation around this. And what's uh, that song? So obviously people want to know why they're putting the prices up, what they're going to get extra. Um, there are some rumours, and they are just rumours flying around, um, that it has something to do with PlayStation Now. Okay. And where did you get this? Uh, it was an article. I think it, I think it was an article on Kotaku. Probably. Ah. Probably was. Um, so they kind of pulled together a few different bits of information, a few different sources and some screenshots and kind of rumours that they were hearing. And they seem to come to the conclusion that the price rise is to, in some way, bundle in or tie in with PlayStation Now. So this kind of, you know, if you think about it, has a bit of traction. Um, Obviously, Xbox One has backwards compatibility. Really, really easy. Pretty much put the disc in and it runs. Um, so this could be Sony's answer to that. Um, it is going to cost you an extra tenner, but again, I, I so think that's a very think reasonable price. that this extra tenner, or an extra pound a month on the month <laughs> of subscription, is going to allow you access to the, what is it, £15 a month PlayStation Narrow Library? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I think, think it's... it's a, okay, it's, yeah, it's, some, right. it's something yeah. like that. Which, to me, sounds wonderful. It sounds like such a... I don't think that's gonna happen. And either way. That's, that's <laughs> I thought I'd stop you there before you put more words in my mouth. I don't know. I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, I I don't know what this time is gonna be. It could be maybe it's like the Nintendo deal. Here's two or three games a month that you can have for this month, and then it moves on. They're already doing that though on the PlayStation Plus. Yeah, but uh, I, th- I think the um, unfortunate reality of this is that nothing is gonna change. We're just getting the price hiked up, which is a shame <laughs> because we've been yeah. sold talks about originally that. Maybe this is the PlayStation now being incorporated into it, yeah. and that would be awesome. That would be incredibly lovely. Um, but as I've said many, many times on the show before, they've no reason to do that. And plus, Sony themselves have come out and said, why aren't they doing backwards compatibility? Is because the, the statistics show that people don't really want it. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah. People on Xbox One, they get their Xbox 360 games, and they never play them. Yeah. And why? Why cut out those sales? People still own PS3s. People still buy PS3 games. If they did this, they would lose money hand over fist. Not in a way that would actually hurt the business at all because they are so far ahead and so wealthy. However, in that board meeting, when you see, you know, your quarterlies, Mm. you will see this this loss in revenue from something, and it doesn't make any sense to them. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. There's no real need for them to do this. They're so far ahead that they don't need to make um, these kind of big kind of customer friendly moves to draw people back in because they already have the majority of the market so um, it's a nice thought but I think you're right I think what we're looking at here is simply an extra 10 quid a a year for PlayStation Plus which isn't really that bad let me comment on that because yeah because people some people are up up in arms about this and are getting really kind of cross about it Mm. and um, I'm like fine (laughs) what's a tenner a month if it's two buzz journeys a tenner a year Ten, ten, a sorry, a ten or a year, sorry, yeah, it's, it's exactly. two buzz journeys. Yeah, it's fine. It's like three coffees. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's absolutely nothing. Um, so it's not it's not a problem. Yeah. Whatever. Still absolutely great value for money. Um it is now, because the the games have been getting better. Um every once a month for the last four months now they've had um, like a really great game that is worth the price of mission alone. Yeah. So they've gotten a lot better because they were on the fucking arse last year and the year before that. Yeah. When it came towards quality anyway. Yeah. Not necessarily money. Which is what makes the world go around, but for quality of what they were given away for free, certainly has improved massively. Mm-hmm. 
final piece of news that I want to talk about this week is uh, regarding one of my favourite game developers. If you've ever listened to this podcast before, you know the love that I have for the man, the legend, Derek Yu, the developer of Spelunky, one of my favourite games of all time. And this week he's come out and announced basically the details of his next project. Now, not that much details to go on, but essentially he's releasing a collection of 50 games, okay? Um, games that he's found, games that have been made by friends of his, that are in kind of the development community that he's a part of. And these 50 games are all in the style of uh, an 8-bit kind of aesthetic. So they would all be playable on like 8-bit hardware of of yore. Um, And they're all different. So everything from driving games, RPGs, to uh, shooters, all this kind of stuff. Every game is going to be covered in this collection. So... It gives me a lot of hope, you know, if Derek Yu's involved in it, I think there's going to be some very, very interesting, cool stuff in there. I'm not saying that every one of the 50 games is going to be a a hit, but I think that at least in each one, there's going to be just a little hook, something new that maybe we haven't seen before. You are the company you keep. Yeah, exactly. And 50 games sounds like pretty damn good company. Well, yeah, that sounds exciting. Um, Any any info on who the other developers who are going to be in on this um, collaboration are? No, not really. Um, like I said, there's not that much details about it yet. No. It's obviously, I think he's given the release window of 2018, so still quite a way out. But um, like I said, it, it just fills me with uh, a lot of confidence that, that it has the name Derek Yu attached to it. Yeah, okay, I can dig that. As far as, far as autos go, you reckon he's one of the big hitters at the moment for the indie games? I mean, not maybe not at the moment, because he hasn't had a, a game in quite a long well, time. I big hitters. I mean, he's one, like, of the, one of the underlining success stories that may someday be something, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, I, just in terms of his skill in game design, he's one of the best. Talking about Jonathan Blow, I would put him on a, on a par with Jonathan Blow. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. I'm sure we'll get some more news over the next few months. Maybe at the start of next year, we'll maybe have a list of the 50 games. You know a bit more information about them. But definitely something to kind of keep on your radar. Something to watch coming over the horizon in the next few months. Is there any name for this collaboration yet? There is, but I don't know it. It's no. called 50-something. Yes, because we are the... Um, the, 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 the of, it's called 50 Mint Games called that Ryan. I love by Jonathan uh, by Derek Yu it's called Raymond 4 <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh, Spelunky HD 2 Classic in Reinvented uh, Super Duper Troopers it's called EA um, Street Hockey 5 that might be one that, that, I could that I'd play that, that as an 8 bit game exists. I think that would be a good 8 bit game it's called 8 bit bully beating up for yeah. your money 7 hmm what else is it called Sol? Uh, what else is it called it's called um Derek Hughes' favourite games by mates that I like. <clears throat> Derek Hughes' um, date rate stimulator, seven. Derek Hughes' funky super duper spunky backpack. Derek Hughes, honestly, you are not clearly old enough to be in here, um, so go away. It's actually Half Life 3. It's uh, <laughs> Derek Hughes. This is clearly a provisional, not a full license. You told me you had your license on you, but you've not. Step out the car, please, mate. Let's leave it there. <laughs> None of them are usable, though. <laughs> it's good. It's fine. Hey! Identify yourself or I will open fire! Oh, listen, lady! Please! We've been stuck here forever! Help us get an evac off-world! Yeah! Go fuck yourself! You shit piles give chase, I will kill your dicks! What? What does that even mean? You're gonna kill my dick?! I'll kill your dick! How about that, huh?
Question of the week. What I'd like to talk to you, Chud, is about um, guilty pleasures, right? Now, a guilty pleasure is uh, something that you maybe love, something you enjoy. Okay, generally. fair enough. Like, I paid for her in the first place, okay? And I told her specifically not to go to the papers. Um, I, I, that's news to me. Uh, this is the first time you've told Who is she? Who is this woman? Nothing. This- Nothing. You know, I know nothing. Carry on. Um, edit that out, Andy. Start again. <laughs> but don't edit that bit out, because that was the gag. Okay. okay. Um, so, gaming guilty pleasures are a game that you love to go back to, for whatever reason, whatever you like that game, it's fine by me. But generally, these games aren't very well received, for whatever reason, you know? So, I thought that, uh, you know, we could talk about that, if you have any gaming guilty pleasures. Yeah, man. Uh, you want me to go first, or do you, mm. you want to start? Go for it, bro. Okay, so... I was talking earlier about Hatterful Boyfriend. Pigeon Dating Simulator. Um, it sounds weird. It is really fucking weird. And it's not a great game. I'm going to hold my hands up. It's not a great game. Pretty shit. It's all text-based, and the hook of it is basically pigeons. So if you don't like pigeons, then don't play this game. But it is, what, 350 or something at the moment? Uh, yeah, it's like £3.50 on the um, yeah. superb game sale of your... your? <laughs> yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's the way you used your earlier. Your. Yeah, your. You yeah, that's a good word, word that. Like ever. Awesome. Up. I'm proud of that one. I'll keep that. You should be. I'm going to try and use that word every single week in some way. No, use it every single day. Every day. It's really, really weird. People start to really dislike you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be full on medieval by the end of the month. <laughs> yeah, like a fucking chest of armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Red some, some wench yeah. and some guy who hadn't paid his taxes to the, to the fucking duke. That'd be badass, that riding up to work on a horse. Can you imagine that? Would you be sectioned? Um, yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. I reckon you'd get away with the first day. They'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird. Get animal rights involved. And then it's like, oh, uh, the second day, they'll know section him. Section him. <laughs> he's, dang- he's a danger to himself. And to the um, bigger public. Well, from one animal to another, back to pigeons. Um, it's like I said not a great game it's all text based there are very very few kind of choices that you can do to influence the story but there is I think about 20 odd endings that you know to get the platinum you have to see every ending through but yeah it's sounds weird it is weird but every now and again when I have got nothing else to play I have no idea I'll just jump in for 10 minutes and it's have a bit of a laugh and meet some uh, pretty nice pigeons just sort of find yourself Homing in on it. <laughs> That's what we're doing right now. Very good. That's one of those things. Uh, but yeah, no, I was in on it. I've heard of this game from years ago. I saw Danny O'Dwyer on his um, Random Encounter game mm. series for GameSpot, who we used to work for. There, there is a um, sequel, by the way. There's two of them. Yeah, I, I, I thought there was more than that. But um, I thought that at least um, when you said there's like no choices in what you're saying, mm. that's like mm, that's just like bullshit, really. So it's like um, Persona Five. I don't really want to spend a couple of hours yeah, yeah, working, yeah, yeah. working through yeah, a visual yeah. novel. Yeah. That pounces around as a JRPG, but isn't. Yeah. Oh, fight me. Yeah. Um, my favourite part about this game, I'm going to spoil it because you're probably never going to play it. Oh, I play it. I'm never going to curl though. Okay, it's well, it's, it's not really a spoiler, but so there's a part where you meet a very famous pigeon blogger in the game, right? And if you are connected online, you can put in your email address, and then every now and again, to your actual email address, you'll receive 
updates from, uh, I can't remember his name, but from this pigeon who lives down in London. He's got loads of pigeon mates around, uh, around the main square. And uh, yeah, he uh, live tweets, um, updates, and sends you uh, blog posts, which is pretty cool. Uh, so every now and again I get uh, pigeon updates. You like what? That's, yeah, that's how, that's Hatful Boyfriend. So, not a great game, but I, I find it very, very funny. Way funnier than I should be. Can I please point out, just in case it went in, over anybody's head though, that Saul said the words, live tweets! We're, we're smashing that. We're, we're, we're having it. We're, we are having it. Oh, we are falling apart mentally. Who knows? <laughs> um, so, okay, tell me about your gaming guilty pleasure. Um, my gaming guilty pleasure um, was just for a very small, brief period of time back in 2011, um, when remember Homefront. Oh wow! Yeah, Homefront yeah, yeah, yeah. was a um, uh, Call of Duty clone. Excuse mm. me for being so crass in describing it that way. There was what was it? A little open world? No. Oh, it wasn't. It was no. just linear it was corridor. Yeah. Right, it was linear corridor shooting. Just shooting. Yeah. Um, you're thinking of the sequel, which I've never played. Okay. Uh, but I can't comment on. Okay. But the original Homefront, um, 2011, was a Call of Duty sort of clone in that it copied its physics and um, a lot of its structure and blah 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 blah. Um, but it's only in a more magnificently brave and um, you know compelling setting. Basically, it was set in America, taken over by North Korea, and North Korea succeeded in, um, you know, taking over the country. Basically, yeah. it was um, what was that? Um, Wolverines. What was that? What was that film in the 80s called? Red Dawn. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> Red Dawn. I think it's Your Red Dawn. Your references, man, are out of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah they'll get it. Red, Red Dawn. Basically, it's like Red Dawn the film. Um, and yeah, it was really, really good because the levels were short. It was Call of Duty like, but it was a bit more bold in what it was doing. Um, and it was just I found it very interesting um, the graphics were kind of shit um, and had lots of glitches and it was only 6 hours long which led to all these scores of 6 out of 10 like Call of Duty clone this dead and the other mm. and I'm like well no it was, it was a Call of Duty clone that had balls and did things better than Call of Duty did in a gameplay and narrative standpoint mm. didn't look as good <sighs> those glitches did get in the way for some people but not me because they weren't that bad okay. um, and yeah I really liked that game and I was really psyched about the sequel and then the sequel came out and I, oh my god I've just had an epiphany the sequel came out and got the same kind of like 6 out of 10 yeah, yeah. stuff yeah yeah and I fucked you love it and I fucked it off oh my god hold this I've got, I've got to go to CEX <laughs> yeah I'll hold the fort I'll hold down the fort um, I, I never played it I just you know I read the reviews heard that it wasn't very good but um yeah, I, I think you're right. That that setting really appeals to me. The idea of it being set in the States with like this invading force coming in and that have succeeded by, by the sounds of it. I think that's really cool. I think that's that really cool. That will never happen, right? Well, it might happen next week. It will never happen. They will, they'll, the world will be ended by... We haven't done Kim Jong-un watch, actually, for quite a while, have we? Because he's gone all like, um, like, guys, I kind of talk to you because I'm preparing for war. And this, this is the way. This is the way he talks. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. a real. God, you must. Like, I got. Spend some I'd have it around, but I can't have it around. You spent some time in a, a North Korean jail there to learn that well. Um, no, I'm just a massive racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, do you do you reckon you're tempted to go play the second one? Uh, no. <laughs> um, I think a lot of the first one came to do with that I was unemployed, but I had to love film, sending me games once a month. But um, yeah, I've got a soft spot for this first one, um, so yeah. But the second one got really dragged through the coals worse than the first one did. But maybe I don't know. Maybe for five, I'll give it a go. Okay, interesting. I'm not gonna play it. It's your gaming guilty pleasure. Fair. 
It's better than my real life guilty pleasure. What's that? Smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do have another game in guilty pleasure. We're not going to go with that improv black hole. <laughs> <laughs> no. what's, what's your other game in guilty pleasure? Um, Postal. The Postal games. Ah, yes. Postal. Now, these are very uh, controversial games yes. because they are essentially about you being a psychopath and murdering people for no reason. But... Um, oh no, about you being a psychopath and murdering people because the 9 to 5 man breaks your ass down and gives you nothing and takes everything away. It's basically about uh, a, a disgruntled uh, mailman is where the name Postal comes from. Uh, it's about the way I put it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, but so capitalism, sorry, over the top violence, but um, again, kind of fun to play if, uh, if you know. If yeah, I remember bike. you bring it around to the house like in 2005. Yeah, I find, it, I find it kind of fun. It was what? Well, right, Postal 2 is a game where you can stand on a roof, zip your shorts, piss off your roof into somebody's mouth, you get the gargling sound, you get that, you know, then they're sick, you jump down with your spade, and in one hit you clean, knock their head off right down the street. That is Postal 2 in a nutshell. If that sounds good to you, then you're probably a horrible person, like me, um, but I recommend it to you. It's... It was banned at some point. I'm sure you can still pick it up though now for peanuts. Peanuts, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um. So yeah, that's a, that's basically my. It sounds other... like hatred, but with a sense of humour. It basically it. Yeah. I'm sure postal wasn't isn't isn't actually still banned, is it? The ori- no. The, so the original postal was banned for I think a number of years in the UK. Uh, it was released. I remember seeing it in the shelves, on the shelves and stores. Because I played Postal Two with you, mm. um, and it, it all had such a comedic theme and overtone yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Hatred Black and White is like, oh, I got a trench corner. But I think yeah, just remember like that um, at the time there were no other games like this. Like Ultraviolence wasn't that. Ugh, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. I can't really remember the other games that were out around that time, but it was pretty fucking horrific for the time. Pretty graphic. Yeah, yeah but true. But it was ultraviolence. But yeah, it was so funny though. It was in such a clown yeah. kind of way. You could say that about Mortal Kombat, right? The violence in Mortal Kombat is by no means real. But the, yeah. vo- the violence in Mortal Kombat, I would put to being worse than the one in Postal, because the violence in Mortal Kombat was done in such a serious overtone. Um, that it, but then it became so graphic that it became imperative itself, whereas Postal really seemed to be kind of clownish from the, the get-go. Yeah, I'd agree, yeah. 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 I mean, okay, even if you take out the violence out of Postal, you still do have uh, Arab guys that look exactly like Osama Bin Laden running around with bombs strapped to the chest. So, again... It's not the most PC that. thing, but there's still... There's that. Yeah, okay, there's fair um, But, again, just uh, in terms of a guilty pleasure, Fuck, yeah, why not? I'll go and kill some random people in my street. I don't like my job particularly either, so I kind of empathise with the guy a bit, you know? Talked about this song. I know, I know. I'm, I'm seeking help. Um, He's doing a lot it's not going well. It's not going well, actually. Oh. No. Um, I was basically thrown out the psychiatrists for expressing um, ultra-violent views against... Uh, well, basically saying that I'd quite like to stand on my roof and piss in somebody's mouth. Ladies and gents, that brings us to another episode, the end of another episode of the Save State Gaming Podcast, episode 15, no less. No more, but certainly no less. That's how mass works, people. So, thanks again for joining us. Apologies again, it's been a while since we recorded. Um, But I hope you've enjoyed listening. Hope you've enjoyed it a lot. 
If you have any comments about this episode, please write them down underneath our YouTube videos and our Facebook page. You can like, subscribe, follow us on all the usual social media channels. And um, anything else you'd like to say? Any final thoughts to leave our audience with? Uh... Be nice. Do you know what? Let's, let's end on a positive note. Yes. Be nice to each other. Don't be a cunt. Be good to each other. And good night. Jeremy Springer. Jerry Springer. He, he ran for um, yeah, Jerry Springer. He ran for office, um, and then in the nineteen seventies in Florida or wherever, because he got caught with prostitutes. Ah, I didn't know that. That's a true story. And he uh, kept his TV show. No, because still. They probably went like twenty. To... He went twenty years later. Oh, okay. It's like seventies. Oh, okay, okay. His TV show. But anyway, um, do you reckon he had him as guests on the TV show twenty years later? Like no, because kind of it, was all, it was fake. It was like wrestling. Because like a lot of people who are wrestlers know, like this wrestler called Austin Aries tells a story about how um, like him and his buddy in college had to earn some money and went on the show and like did, did a bit of the skit and stuff like that. It was all fake. Oh, I reckon it wasn't all fake. I reckon it was mixed in. I reckon they got the yeah. psychos and mixed it in with like the workers, like the yeah. wrestlers, actors, performance artists, things like that. I think that's that's a beautiful metaphor for America, isn't it? That don't really know what's real and what's fake. That's a beautiful metaphor for um, people in general, really. Mm. All depends. All depends on your um, how psychologically stable you are at the moment. Yeah. Or unstable, I don't really know. But thanks again for joining us, everybody. Hope awesome. you've enjoyed listening. Yeah, we'll see you next week. We've had we've had fun, and hopefully we are, we are going to um, try and get this on a more weekly basis. Life has intervened, but then again... Do you ever start a sentence and never really know where it's <laughs> no going to go? <laughs> yeah. So thank you for joining us. Um, we will see you next week. Uh, God bless you. I don't believe in God. Well, that's awful as well. How can we, how can we finish this with... Um, science bless you? Science bless you? Science bless you. God the periodic science. table of elements bless you. <laughs> and good night. episode was brought to you by Tom Hane, Joachim Karud and Kato. Artificial Music, Home, G, DOS88, Mr. Logistics, Levo, Lowercase and Cubby. So once again, thanks you very much for all of your music and we will see you again soon.